Welcome into Dragon Ball Super Dope episode Dragon Ball Heroes. I mean, we're going to talk about episode 69 for the dub, uh, the second part of this episode, but everyone is obviously very uh, opinionated, <laughs> I think is the right word. Everyone's got a lot of fucking opinions on uh, Super Dragon Ball Heroes. I think... A lot of it kind of stems from basic misconception about what heroes was supposed to be in the first place. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate that people just don't understand what this was meant to be. Uh, all along, you know, this was just meant to be a promotional anime strictly for the purpose of promoting Dragon Ball Heroes. Which is an arcade video game in Japan. Now, a lot of people thought promotional, meaning this was going to be a short episode today, and we can expect longer length episodes uh, from episode two on down. This was just a little sneak preview. Got really bad news for those people. That is not the fucking case. I expect all of these episodes to be roughly around this length. Um, total file size that most of us watched were, I think it was like eight minutes and 45 seconds, something like that, just under nine minutes. And I think a lot of people thought, oh, this is cool for a sneak preview. <sighs> Bad news, Holmes. All of the episodes are going to be roughly this length. So that being said, you probably should have lowered your expectations. This is straight up a fan service thing that isn't even supposed to be available outside of Japan. Obviously, because the Internet's a thing, we are able to watch it. And, you know, props to the people who ripped it and put up some fan subs pretty quickly. They had it up within like four or five, six hours. Um, shit was region locked uh, on that hero's website in Japan at first, uh, but once it became available, fan subs did go up uh, in pretty short order. So thank you to those people who put up subs. Here's what I want to do. I want to take a walk through this episode real quick. It's only you know less than nine minutes long, so it shouldn't take super long, but I do want to talk about heroes before we talk about the super dub with the Arale episode, because, <laughs> dude... The Raleigh episode last night, or two nights ago, I'm recording this Monday afternoon. We had a little bit of a uh, inability to record this weekend. So, the Raleigh episode Saturday night is one of the best Dragon Ball dubs ever. It is. It's the funniest Dragon Ball dub ever, for sure. I was fucking laughing out loud multiple times throughout that episode. And, you know, there's usually a few, like, haha moments throughout most Dragon Ball episodes, but, like, Literally laughed out loud, had to rewind, listen to it again, watch it again, because it was so fucking funny. The voice actor performances are so... The timing is so perfect. So perfect. Uh, but first, let's take a look at Super Dragon Ball Hero. So the episode opens up. All right, episode title, Goku versus Goku. A super battle unfolds on the prison planet. Way to sum up the episode in two lines or less. That was beautiful. So the episode opens up, you get a quick shot of Whis and Beerus' planet, and Goku and Vegeta are there trying to double-team Whis. When I say it like that, sounds weird. You see Beerus lounging in a, in a chair, he's just uh, taking a nap, and Beerus is like, hey, you guys are really whooping some ass today. Just kidding, you're dead. No sooner do they fall on the ground, all of a sudden Mai's there. Hey Mai, what's going on? Y'all motherfuckers need to hear this. Trunks is, Trunks is gone. He disappeared. What do you mean Trunks disappeared? All right, first of all, and I saw some people comment about it, uh, Future Mai showing up out of nowhere. Yeah, it's bothersome, right? It's bothersome in the fucking format of a 21, 22-minute anime episode. The purpose here is not to give you a full fucking backstory as to how Mai suddenly shows up on the planet with Beerus and Weezar. How'd she get there? Yeah, no, the question definitely popped in my brain, too. The first I saw her, I'm like, how'd this bitch get here? Travel through space and time again? Mm. It's a sin against these mortals. You'd think the last place you'd want to fucking travel through space and time to is to Beerus and Weiss's planet. But Mai's there. Okay? Accept it. Just accept it. We're trying to set up the story in less than seven minutes. Just accept it. So Trunks is supposed to go to the planet. To uh, train with Goku and Vegeta and Whis, which I thought was interesting. Why? Again, Heroes is non-canon. It takes place, um, you know, basically within a, a number of timelines. The main 
focus of the hero's game is the time patrol, similar thing, you know, same same thing that you see in the Xenoverse 2 games, and that, you know, Trunks travels around through space and time and fixes little discrepancies within the space-time continuum. So, so long as you accept that that's where we're starting in terms of a reference point, and you understand it's not a continuation of Super, it's not in the canon, as long as you understand which I don't think a lot of you fucking do, which is why I'm explaining it. I don't understand how this many people are this fucking perplexed by the premise of this anime, but y'all are. That's when Few's there. Few, all of a sudden, just shows up out from behind a tree. Hey, what's up? I'm Few. I'm Trunks' friend. First of all, none of us have ever known Trunks to have a friend. On the contrary, I would say that Trunks has been known to not have any fucking friends until Mai came along. Because all of his friends fucking died. And then he came back to the future, and he had some friends for a little bit, and then he went back to the future, and all of his friends are dead. Trunks, historically, is a friendless son of a bitch. So, few coming out from behind a tree out of nowhere. Nobody's seen him before. Nobody knows how he got there. For him to be able to be like, hey, I'm Trunks' friend, that's red flag number one. I guess red flag number two. Like, how the fuck did you even get into this planet, man? So that's red flag number one. How the fuck did you get here? Why were you hanging out behind that tree real quiet? How long you been there? Red flag number two. You ain't Trunks' friend. Trunks don't have no friend. Even Vegeta's like, friend? But few quickly explains, Trunks got caught up in something pretty terrible. And he's currently on the prison planet. Prison planet, Goku says. How the fuck do you know about that? Okay. Um, so few basically just feigns that he's just trying to figure out where his friend is. But he does know way too much about this prison planet where he knows that all the criminals throughout the universe are gathered. You better hurry up or Trunks will be in danger. And then he dis he fucking disappears. Gone. Gone. I'm here to investigate because Trunks is my buddy. Anyway, prison planet's full of criminals. Peace. <laughs> there were some people who were like, this is going to be an awesome alternative. <laughs> <laughs> like, instead of Dragon Ball Super, we get to see this shit. This shit's gonna be lit. <laughs> so, a few disappears, and Vegeta's like, that son of a bitch, Trunks. He only got these fucking problems. Coming to me with his problems. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Uh... How do you guys find? But Weiss is real quick to to notice that Few is is probably somebody that they should be suspect of. Something doesn't feel right to Weiss about Few. And uh, oddly, Kaioshin looks over to Mai and says, can you do me a favor? And that's it. Okay, that's it. You just see Kaioshin ask for that. Next shot, you see the prison planet open up. Uh, and you're like, wow. That's some big-ass motherfucking chains around those several planets. How the fuck they got them chains around there? That's a big-ass fucking lock. How do you get a key to fit? Like, that's a big key to fit in that lock. How do you unlock these planets? This fucking planet, that one looks like it's got some fucking Jupiter rings around it and shit. No real explanation as to how they know where this prison planet is, but next shot, boom. Instant transmission. Goku, Vegeta, and they brought my... Right away, they can feel a key. Vegeta comments, it's a huge key. Goku's like, yeah, what's up? Hey, I know what that key is. And boom, who is it? Zeno Goku. Everyone's dick got semi-erect when this happened. Even if you had zero expectations on this anime to see Goku in this iteration, it is awesome. Now, to me, it kind of felt like now, for me, it was kind of weird because seeing Zeno Goku show up and knowing that he's just a few seconds away from turning into Super Saiyan 4, a few seconds because that's just what the breakneck fucking pacing is of these little shorts. He's about to go Super Saiyan 4. I looked at that Zeno Goku and I'm like, what's up, Goku from 97? I remember you, man. I miss you. I feel like I was looking at my old friend. Not this fucking newfangled blue hair Goku. What the the hell is that about all of a sudden i was and like i'm a huge fan of super i like super more than i like gt as a series but man when i saw xeno goku knowing that he could transform super saiyan 4 i was like i'm with this dude i've known this dude way longer than i known this new super over the top goofy ass goku which isn't to say goku's not fucking historically goofy but he definitely kicks up the fucking goofy factor quite a bit in super 
Now, Few is also there. He's not with Mayan, Vegeta, and Goku, uh, but he is kind of standing right behind them as they appear. So Zero Goku shows up. He sees that Few is just there over their shoulder, and he's like, What's up, motherfucker? I found you. He turns Super Saiyan 4 immediately. Gave me some chills. Now, Goku, Vegeta, they don't realize that Few's right behind them, so Goku thinks that he's coming at them, coming at them. And then he turns Super Saiyan Blue, and then, wha-bam, the fist clash that's been featured so goddamn predominantly throughout a ton of these previews we've watched through Super. Super Saiyan 4, Super Saiyan Blue, fist to fist, I see. You are my counterpart. Counterpart? What the fuck y'all talking about? Are you his friend, meaning few? No, I'm not. Blast over my shoulder. Wha-pow, wha-pow. This fight lasts for about, what, 20 seconds? Not even. They fly up toward the top. You, you see Super Saiyan Blue Goku bang his head into the top of the prison planet's barrier. So they are, in fact, trapped here. They can't just fly away. Which, I don't know, Could you should, should you be able to instant transmission in there? Like, by that kind of logic, I guess? I guess, like, if they want to capture you, they'd let you instant transmission in but not out. But you see that there's a dome. Goku Blue busts his fucking head up the top against it. And Super Saiyan 4 Goku realizes it's useless. The entire place has been completely sealed off. He comes up with this bright-ass idea. I'm going to blow this fucking thing up. Watch me fire this Kamehameha at your face. I know you are going to repel it back with your own Kamehameha. And hopefully the force of these two combined Kamehamehas at super close range... We'll blow the top off this fucking prison dome. Few stands there. He's smiling and shit. He's all happy about it. Nothing happens. Dome is still intact. They're still very much in a prison planet. Goku Blue doesn't know what the hell's going on, but Zeno Goku, he seems like the illest for sure. Few's laughing. You stupid Saiyans. Two Sun Gokus will make for extremely interesting specimens. Specimens. That's red flag number three. Specimens? Don't fucking refer to me like I'm a science project, you purple-skinned, white-haired motherfucker. Quit screwing around. Super Saiyan 4 Goku shoots a blast right at Few. And this should give you... Uh, uh, granted, you, you haven't seen Few within you know, the Dragon Ball canon, so we don't really have any kind of instance. He's the son of Mira and Toa, so you got to imagine he's super strong, but you don't really have, like, a super specific amount of reference points to be like, oh, he beat this person on that occasion and did A, B, and C, so we know that he's at least this strong. Super Saiyan 4 Goku just shot a blast at this motherfucker. And he's just, pff, peace out. Get the fuck out of here. And that's when Few tried to put some logic behind what what Zeno Goku was trying to do. He's like, oh, you're trying to break the barrier? Trying to fucking combine some Kamehamehas? Yeah, no, that was dumb, but nice try. Just what I'd expect from the Time Patrol, and that's really the only... Again, the pacing of this is supposed to be quick. It's supposed to be fast. If you look away for one effing second, you're probably going to miss a vital plot point in how they're trying to justify making this anime. You got to understand, this is what it is, people. This is not a fucking... Replacement for Super. You have to understand that Super Dragon Ball Heroes as a series is just meant to promote a video game just in Japan, just in Japanese arcade rooms. Okay? This isn't meant to be the fucking next series. And that's when Xeno Goku explains, I'm Son Goku from another dimension. I'm in the Time Patrol. I'm a trans-dimensional cop. I don't like him describing himself as a cop. I like him describing himself as like... uh a warrior or some shit. A cop? Come on, dude. We shoot black people in the streets. So you're a good guy. Goku Blue's elated. And for some reason, you know, Vegeta calls him out. Phew, you're familiar with this place. Oh, no shit. It was created by me in my laboratory, you dumb saying motherfuckers. You get some shocked shots from Goku, Vegeta, and my. Basically, I get all these warriors here and trap them here to fight forever. Strong warriors? Oh, okay. And that's when Few kind of says to go to Xeno Goku. You know, I figured you probably got trapped here on purpose. And Few kind of outlines as Mai calls him out for his bullshit. You know, the reason that I've done this is because the reason that I've trapped Trunks here is because Trunks consistently spits in the face of gods, defies them by traveling through time. And this really is the plot point, or not plot point so much as it is um, the conflict between Few and and Trunks. So it's something, again, that we've talked about over the last couple episodes and how Trunks directly spits into the face of gods by continuing to travel through time. 
Now, Few isn't a god, but he is from the demon realm, being the son of Mira and Toa. So you got to think that even though he is a destructive fucking demon, he probably has some respect of like the balance of or, or, or the, the need for respect of, you know, the space time continuum and not making these alternate realities or whatever. Ironic in that that's his fucking driving force and trapping trunks in a series where literally it's driven by their multiple timelines that we all get to hop around between whatever he's he's the ultimate antagonist in this whole thing because the reason we're even watching this is is because of uh is because of all the alternate timelines and time travel and shit so and basically few says all right yeah yeah i got him trapped here he's a douche but also i wanted to lure you here and that's when goku blue kind of has that uh that hero moment oh you're the bad guy few doesn't see that he's a bad guy he thinks he's a suge guy credible guy where's trunks you gotta go search for him but even if you meet him, to get out of here, you still need seven particular Dragon Balls to escape. Wow, I haven't seen this premise before. Get seven Dragon Balls and you escape. And again, Goku Blue, with his supreme naivete and his borderline stupidity, Dragon Balls? What do you mean? Xeno Goku takes out a Dragon Ball. I already got one. One of seven down. Woo! He gave it to him. Few gives it to him. If this isn't the fucking beginning of a video game, I don't know what is. But Few says, hey, the rest of them are guarded by a lot of strong guys. And good luck. And disappears. Okay, you think that's going to be the end? They show a slow pan up of where Few was. And you see the chains outlined in the planet, surrounding the planet. Pretty badass. And then there's one little quick episode tag of Trunks waking up. He's got some... I don't know, I guess like handcuffs. Not, they're not handcuffs. He's got some things around his wrists that seemingly... Will probably limit his powers in some capacity. He's in a concrete cell. A big door to the cell slides open and he walks out into this city. Bright lights. It looks almost like a, a Vegas kind of vibe to it. And he's in the city running around. There's spotlights everywhere. Big neon signs. And then who appears? Kula. Kula appears. Give me that Dragon Ball, motherfucker. And Trucks is like, Dragon Ball? I don't know what a Dragon Ball is. So... Before the end of the episode, you, you get that quick little thing. You got Few back in his laboratory. Now let's witness the most interesting experiment in the universe enter its main phase. Oh, your turn will come a bit later. Evil fucking Saiyan in a straitjacket. Literally, he calls him Evil Saiyan. Doesn't say, doesn't say Kumba. Doesn't say Cumber, as some of you kids on the internet have been saying all GD week. I guess Cumber is technically... Like the right way to say it because it's a pun on cucumber. But when they use this dude's name, it ain't going to be cumber. It's going to be Kanba. Kanba. So just say it like a fucking normal person would, please. It's going to be Kanba. Uh, also in that shot before you see Kanba, you do see a couple of shots on Fuse computer. You see King Cold. You see a shot of Goku and Vegeta on one screen. You see a shot of Trunks and Kula on another screen. And then over to the far right of Kula and Trunks, you see a shot of a character called Azato. Now, I'll, full fucking disclosure, I never knew this character even existed, but I need to know who the hell he was. I saw him on the far, far right. Smallest picture. It's kind of dimly lit, but it's there. Azato is a villain from a 1994 Japanese arcade game. Kind of fitting. They brought him back for this, obviously. Um, a Japanese arcade game in 94 called VRVS, which did for Virtual Reality Versus. And it's kind of a weird game. I saw a, couple, a, a little bit of the gameplay of it. And it's almost like third-person, over-the-shoulder fighting game combined with, like, I think what was popular at the time, at least, in regards to some of those games was, you know, playing cards within a move set. I'm not really sure on the whole gameplay of it, but it looks really fucking strange. So Azato was the main villain at the end of that video game. He's never been in any animes. He's never been. I mean, he, I'm, I'm assuming they brought him back for heroes at a certain point within the video game in Japan. Um, but outside of that, we've never seen him in any of the movies, any of the series, uh, any of that stuff. So. Uh, be on the lookout for Azato. I'm, I'm interested to see how he's going to play into this whole thing. Obviously, this that that's the end of episode one. You know, you guys have to understand this is meant to be a promotional piece for a video game. All us motherfuckers feeding for it here in the United States, it's because we're junkies and we have problems. 
That's what it really boils down to. We are so GD addicted to Dragon Ball. We feel like Toei Animation owes us everything that Japan gets. And unfortunately, we're just not that fortunate, Holmes. You know, unfortunately, we're not that fortunate. So that's Super Dragon Ball Hero. Episode one. If you think episode two is going to be longer, hopefully, I mean, this episode here, if you take out the, the opening theme song, it's about seven minutes long. Just just over seven minutes of, of animation that we watched in this quote unquote episode today. Expect more of the same going forward. This is not a replacement for Super. It's not a long form, long form. It's not a long form anime and that it's not a normal anime. It's not. It's not a cartoon. I mean, it's a cartoon. You get what I'm fucking saying. You know what I mean. Shut the fuck up, internet. This is what we get with heroes. It's fun to hold us over until the movie comes out in December. So, next episode of Heroes is going to be out on July 16th. That's a Monday in Japan. So, hopefully, we'll have it on a Sunday afternoon in a couple of weeks. Um... And we'll talk about that as well as the Super Dub that's going on that week as well. Uh, that being said, that concludes the, the hero segment of this. If you want to uh, stick around for the Orale discussion in a second, that'd be Super Dub. Oh, fuck. You know what, dude? I got a soundboard for this shit. Hold on. No more of my own fucking weird ass mouth music. You know what I'm saying? No more of that. We're going to get the soundboard out. Yeah. I kind of wish I didn't have to talk about 69 though. But I got to talk about it. Because it's 69. So. Goku versus Arale. Off the wall battle spells the end of the earth. This is the funniest fucking episode of Dragon Ball any series dubbed ever. Any Dragon Ball dubbed episode ever, this is the funniest one. If you disagree, if you think the driving episode is funnier than this, I respect your opinion and all, except that you're wrong. This episode was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I seriously had to stop that shit and rewind it like fucking at least three different times. At least three different times. So... For those of you who may not know, I'm assuming if you listen to this show, you must be pretty hardcore into Dragon Ball and you know what Dr. Slump is. If you're one of our younger listeners, which there are more than I care to admit, <laughs> you might not know what Dr. Slump is. All right, so let me just give you the real haps on it. It's the fucking manga and anime that Toriyama made before Dragon Ball. It's pretty much all you got to know. Focuses around... Uh, a little robot girl named Morale, her inventor, Senbai. And I've never watched it. I've never read it. I would really like to. I, watching this episode this weekend made me say, yo, I got to watch the rest of this. This this just, it, it's too fucking funny. It's an 80s gag manga, as Vegeta and Sabbath so eloquently put throughout this episode a couple of different times. Just in case you weren't in on the joke, Sabbath does a good job, ask Vegeta, communicating to you. That you should not take this episode seriously. I saw a lot of people take this a little too seriously. This was fucking stupid. Why is that little robot girl so effing strong? That makes no sense. Goku's a god. This is stupid. Hey, idiot. It's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to be a crossover event. Again, aimed at people in Japan who have a point of reference for both fucking animes. So it wasn't meant to cater to Americans. So while I'm glad that you watched the Toonami dubs in the 90s and have a hard-on for a Falconer score, this episode wasn't made for you. So get the fuck over it. Arale hails from Penguin Village. Quaint little place. I don't know why it's called Penguin Village. Is there penguins there? Do penguins live there? And these people live among them? I don't, I don't know why it's called Penguin Village, but... Senbai is leaving Penguin Village to go to some kind of like uh, award ceremony for scientists in West City. West City? Where the fuck's that? That's where Bulma lives, bitch. Going to see Bulma. So they attend this science award dinner hosted by none other than Hercule Satan. I love Mr. Satan. 
in this episode, people find Mr. Satan really annoying. I really like the comedic aspects of Dragon Ball. I think it's definitely what has kept me entertained by Dragon Ball more over the years as opposed to, you know, the same kind of over and over fights, power up fights, power up. Oh, I got him. No, I don't got him. I got cocky. Oh, God, I died. Now somebody else has to step in. Somebody go get Goku. Like, those story arcs are cool, but these slice of life episodes are things that are episodes that Super has handled particularly well. And they're things that I kind of miss about the original Dragon Ball series. I've said it before the first Dragon Ball series is my favorite one more than Z, more than Super, more than GT, obviously. I don't rank Kai. If you rank Kai, you're a douche, straight up. Um,. I think if you say that you like Kai more than you like Dragon Ball Z, maybe you didn't like Dragon Ball Z all that much because Dragon Ball Z wasn't for you and you had to have it watered down to a fucking digestible size. Whatever. I'm not here to talk about Kai versus Z. What I'm here to say is this is a Raleigh episode today. A Raleigh does show up in the film Mystical Adventure, Dragon Ball Mystical Adventure, which is a basically a, a retelling of Goku's taking on of the Red Ribbon Army. Um, she She does appear in that arc within the anime as well. Uh, for, I think, a two-episode arc where her and Goku meet and, you know, they go off on a little side adventure together. Um, it's really fucking funny. So to have a follow-up episode to that 30 years later is, whether you're a Dragon Ball fan here in America who has seen everything, or you're a Dragon Ball fan in Japan who grew up with, you know, one series or the other or both, it's just, it's it's cool, man. It's an event. It's cool to see two anime char characters of, of that magnitude, you know, on screen together. Um, you know, also made by the same creator. But you know the episode's gonna be fucking weird slash awesome when it starts off with a tune like this. This music, man, it's like it's like 1984 for sure. <laughs> That's what it sounds. It sounds sound like to me, but obviously it's been updated with the dub. Um, whoever the voice actress is, she does a rally. Great, great fucking job. It's a great way to set the tone for this episode and kind of gives you an, an idea of what you can expect, uh, especially if you haven't seen the previous Dr. Slump stuff or you haven't seen a rally in any kind of previous iterations. If you've got no idea who this person is. Getting introduced with a son brushing his fucking teeth and then going into this goofy-ass song afterwards where Raleigh's running through Penguin Village and saying what's up to everybody. Perfect way to open this episode. Set the mood. Set the expectations. Voila. Nicha indeed. So, Senbai Norimaki, he is the uh, other main protagonist, I guess you could say, of Dr. Slump. He is Dr. Slump. Uh, he's the creator of Raleigh. You see him getting ready to go off to an award ceremony. Where? In West City. Just so happens to be where Boma lives. Hmm. Potential for a crossover, methinks. And they're basically giving off this award for, you know, whatever crazy invention these inventors have made. Boma's nominated. Norimaki's there. It's a good-ass time. Mr. Satan, he's, he's emceeing. He's giving out awards and shit. And Vegeta's sitting around there just looking... Aggravated, unhappy, typical Vegeta style. Your wife's nominated. Be happy for her, you douche. This event recognizes the most outstanding inventions of the past year. And look, there's the master of ceremonies now, our very own superstar, Mr. Satan. All the talented tinkerers who've been nominated are gathered here, eagerly waiting to find out which gadget will take home the top prize of the night. Stay tuned to find out who wins. Yay. Vegeta, he don't want to have to do with any of this shit. Hercule Satan, he's giving out awards like it's goddamn a jab. Celebrating everybody inviting stuff. And then you get a quick shot of Goku saying, ah, man, having a job sucks. He's got a slick back thing going on with his hair. Got a suit on. Getting fucking PTSD flashbacks of Chi-Chi screaming at him to get a job. Now listen here, Goku. Mr. Satan. 
Satan went out of his way to get you the security job, so you're gonna take it. You know, it's about time you did some serious work for a change, and be sure to fix your hair before you go. Rips his fucking sleeves clean off his jacket and walks off the job in shame. Fuck this. It's hopeless. And he just left. Flashback to inside. Hercule Satan's giving out the award. So Dr. Noramaki, Senbai Noramaki wins the award for the greatest machine, the reality machine number two. And the reason they, they say it's number two is because there's actually a, and I haven't read it, but I've, I looked into it a little bit. They call it number two because th this is a, a direct reference to a Dr. Slump arc or maybe not even an arc, maybe so much as it was like a simple episode or an individual issue where Dr. Noramaki invents uh, the reality machine number one. And the basic premise behind it is, in case you're unfamiliar, if you really, really put your imagination and focus on this machine, no matter what it is, the machine will then make that thing appear. So, said by Noramaki, what the fuck's he want? Porno mag. And that's how he displays it after Dr. Satan. Dr. Satan. Imagine if Mr. Satan was a fucking doctor. Like, on the low. And that's why they're like, oh, we should have... Dr. Hercule Satan moderate this event. That's not the case. For sure, that's not the fucking case. But Mr. Satan awards uh, Senbai this award and, and says, you know, your machine wins. You got to show it off now. What does he use as an example? Porno. Like where your head's at, man. Titties. Okay, but of all the things you could wish for, why would you waste a wish on a girly magazine? <laughs> this machine can only sense the desires you want so badly you'd be willing to die for them. Just how interested are you in bikini-clad girls? Because it seems like a little too much. That's a good fucking question, Hercule. This dude seems like a perv. But he lets Mr. Satan try it out, and he has like this weird tunnel vision of him like marching toward a light or something. And seemingly Hercule Satan never landed a fucking promotional uh, deal in in his native Japan where he was merchandised into keychains, but he really wanted a fucking keychain. So what do you know? He imagines a little bobblehead keychain. A keychain of which, if I saw that shit at a con, because I've seen little keychains like that before at around at a con, I'd buy it just, just because of this episode. And just as Satan goes to give Normaki the medal, Dr. Masharito shows up. Blue-faced, black-haired, main rival of Dr. Slump. And this is where I really dig this episode because it's really the first instance of... They're doing... I mean, a, a more common reference to it would be like what Deadpool does when he breaks the fourth wall. And he'll whip out a comic and he'll be like, well, wait a minute, this makes no sense in terms of references. This episode does this so masterfully. And this is what kind of piqued my interest in makes me want to go fucking track down the Dr. Slump anime and manga and consume it entirely because if this is the kind of gag and comedy that they have in there, the shit was made in like 81. Deadpool wasn't a character until like 94, I think. So the idea that they were doing this kind of comedy that Deadpool is so known to do so masterfully, I wonder if it's an influence. I don't know that it is, but it'd be cool if it was, no? Somebody whips out a fucking version of, uh, of a Dr. Slump manga. He's like, wait a minute, motherfucker. You died. How the hell are you here at this scientist gala? You, you're dead, motherfucker. He's a ghost. Obviously, he's a ghost. <laughs> and it also would not be a proper crossover episode with the main antagonist, right? So, he's a ghost. This episode is so funny with that kind of humor. And then he, he crosses it over and says that he escaped from the home of, for infinite losers. He escaped from Hiffle. Nice callback. And then this motherfucker just so happened to bring Arale and the Gotchins. And she gave, he, she was given some kind of elixir to make her Playtime X takes a child's desire to play and multiplies it a uh, hundredfold. So Arale, somebody who's always seeking out the next adventure and the next bit of fun, times that a hundred. And uh, now she's going to be unleashed. So he basically just gives Arale the, the permission to go ahead and go play with everybody in the gala. Mr. Satan then comes up with a bright idea. I'm the star of this show, and now they're trying to upstage me? Wait, brainstorm coming. If I were to buddy up with those spotlight-stealing runts, then maybe... <laughs> hey there, little ones! How'd you like to play with me, famous Mr. Satan? Oh. That's when he suggests that they could play tag right after this is over. Riley gets excited. She tags Mr. Satan right into a fucking wall. Gotchins are going buckwild. 
eating the roof and shit, Mr. Satan panics, realizes, I just got my ass kicked by a little kid. Uh, everybody get out. Fire. He literally yells fire. Everybody vacates. And he runs over to Vegeta and says, Hey there, muscles. Could you, um... Okay, fine. Another brat raised without discipline. Only weakling parents would let her get away with this. <laughs> hey, small child. <laughs> Want someone to play with? Play with me. Are you strong, mister? Yep. Anybody who watched this dub and doesn't find it funny lacks a sense of humor. This dub is fucking hilarious, okay? just And that's why I decided to do the episode like this today, because I'm not very funny. Most of the time, I just fucking rant and I get angry, and you guys might think it's funny, but really, it's just the fucking rantings of a crazy person. Let's be real. I got a fucking Dragon Ball podcast. This episode is so fucking funny, I could not even try to be as funny, so I just grabbed a couple of my favorite lines that made me literally LOL. Can't believe I just said LOL. If I could kick myself in the dick, I probably would right now. So Vegeta calls her on. He's like, come here, bitch. She scuttles her way across the fucking hall room, and... I don't get to see what happens because then it cuts to Goku taking a nap outside. Vegeta comes flying out through a wall though. <laughs> and that's when Goku and Vegeta's quick exchange encapsulates what this episode is entirely about. And the mentality that you have to have as a Dragon Ball fan coming into it. Because all these people being like, it was goofy. I didn't like it. My poor Dragon Ball. That wasn't badass at all. Get the fuck over yourself. Are you unaware? Are you completely ignorant to the roots of which Dragon Ball has? Like, yes, Dragon Ball was a fucking martial arts manga, but it was a comedic one. It was very funny. Gets more serious as it goes, and then it goes to Z. Z is very serious. Intergalactic space battles and shit. GT, that shit gets goofy again. Super is a good balance of all things badass and goofy about Dragon Ball. That's why I think when it's all said and done, maybe it won't be better than Z in most people's opinions, but I think it might end up being one of my favorite series. That's kind of said with um, the understanding that it comes back next year and they go to episode 132 and on, as it's currently constituted episode 1 to 131. That'd be a real bold statement on my part, so I won't I won't say that. But if it comes back, it could totally come back as the greatest Dragon Ball um, series of all time. There, I said it. Hot take, police. But this is where Goku and Vegeta really encapsulate the kind of mentality that you have to have when it comes to this very episode. Vegeta, what did you do this time? That girl's way too strong. Only a character from an early 80s gag manga could have so much power. What's a gag manga? And then Vegeta proceeds to get his ass kicked a couple more times and comes out with this gem. The same gem that I'm sure has given power scalers all over the internet a bleeding migraine. How does she circle the earth so fast? Oh, that seals it. She's got to be a gag manga character, so the conventional rules don't apply to her. And if I keep fighting in a realistic way, I don't stand a chance. Which means... UFO! The UFO line, dude, that shit has me fucking... The UFO line has me dying all the time. Not only because of the way that he says UFO, UFO, <laughs> but also because like, I don't know, 25 years ago, Vegeta came to earth as a UFO. <laughs> so for him to be thinking that a UFO would be the kind of thing that perplexes this fucking super strong um, robot. I mean, she, he's yet to find out that she's a robot after that clip, but the fact that he thinks a UFO is going to shock this fucking super strong bionic girl, th that's fucking hilarious to me. That speaks to me on so many, the naivety of, of Vegeta's um, <laughs> misrepresentation of what an Earthling would be surprised by is fucking hysterical to me. But he then figures out that she's a robot after she, after she uh, gets her head knocked off by him. And he's like, what the fuck? Little robot motherfucker. And then just to rub some salt in his wounds, she cracks the earth real quick. Runs up, gives him an rally kick right to the sternum, right to his chesticles, and then scooters up to him, runs up behind him while he's flying through the air, and headbutts him out into fucking the unknown. The anime unknown. The star in the sky. The eternal anime star in the sky. Even Goku's like, shit. And then, that's when it, it dawns on Goku. Hey, that's right, I know you. You're a rally from Penguin Village, right? She remembers him. Yo, you're Goku. That's cool, you're an adult. Word, you grew up. 
I didn't grow up. I'm a little girl robot. So they want to have a quick rematch. So what's Goku do? Go Super Saiyan Blue right out the gate. This must piss off so many power scalers. I swear. I, like th those guys who just like base so much of their fucking identities on this is what I know and this is what I can prove and that's the facts, Jax. Fuck off. I'm better than you. I love episodes like this because it makes those people shit themselves. It makes them say, oh, my logic's right out the window. No shit your logic's out the window, son. It's a motherfucking cartoon. So these two titans of anime then launch up some big-ass blasts at one another. Big old cloud of smoke. It's a draw. That was fun. And then Arale wants to try to do it again. A hundred times stronger. And Goku Blue's like, yeah, man, we could do that. That's cool. I should have just done that from the get-go, I guess. But people on the sidelines are like, you're going to blow up the earth. Mr. Satan's having a fucking conniption over here. I'm going to blow this shit up. There's nobody on earth who can stop Arale if Goku can't do it. Bulma's like, oh, let's call up the gods. Like we try to do once a fucking week around here. We, we abuse the gods so frequently. So what's Bulma do? She calls up her homeboy, likely her best friend at this point, Whis. He's like, hey, what's up, Beerus? Uh, we need Beerus here. Um, there's there's some shit going down. Uh, can Beerus come over to play, please? Can Beerus come over, please? And no, he can't. Homeboy's taking a nap. We ain't fucking with that. So that idea is out the GD window, and that's and that's when Bulma and Mister Satan decided to go see if one of the doctors can figure out something to, to turn this fucking robot child off before the world gets blown the fuck up. You see Senpai and Trunks, they're trying to catch this ghost, Masharito, Dr. Masharito, and they can't because he's a ghost. Can't catch ghosts, stupid. Can't touch them. They're not corporeal. Is that the right word? Corp corporeal? I think it's the right word. Corporeal? Corporeal? McPoil? They can't catch Masharito because he's a ghost, so Trunks is like, shit, this sucks. This is poopy. And somebody's like, oh, yeah, poopy. Poopy is the color of the poop. So they use the reality machine number two to dream up some poop. Now, I'm sure this is where a lot of people who have no familiarity with Dr. Slump, Arale, um, at all with any of this were like, you know, really poop, poop. This is where we are with Dragon Ball Super fucking pink poop on a stick. Didn't just come out of left field. This is a. Uh, a common thing within Raleigh's character, she is easily distracted by piles of shit. So when they have her, they have to distract her. Uh, in the Dr. Slump series, sometimes they use big pink piles of shit because she loves to poke them with sticks. So that's the game plan from now on. To buy us some time, we got to throw some poop out of Raleigh and hope that it entertains her. I mean... It's a solid play. If we're going the 80s gag manga character, then like lean in heavy. You know what I'm saying? Get some stick shit involved. I don't care. Get it Get it in there. Get it in there. So Trunks is then tasked at uh, taking this poop over to Raleigh and Goku and throws it on a stick. Pokey poo. Uh, what the heck's going on here? To which I have to ask, if we've got all these brilliant fucking minds, all these scientists in the area... Maybe you got a better plan. Hey, genius, you got any plans that don't involve dookies? For real, though. So they ask reality machine number two, or as he's fondly referred to as, number two, which, again, further perpetuates the poop joke. The running poop joke in this episode is so fucking good. I ask him, hey, you got any bright ideas? He's like, yo, I'm a machine. I'm a machine that can talk, understand what you say in me, and respond to you sarcastically. But I'm just a machine, man. You got to have the imagination to be able to harness these powers, baby. You ain't getting in this club unless you got some imagination. That's when Bulma's like, man, really wish we could lure Lord Beerus here. I got this imagination machine and shit. What could I imagine up that summoned Lord Beerus here? How's about the most delicious food ever concocted? <laughs> concocted. So she sees a news camera down on the ground in the rubble of this battle, and she's like, hey, everybody watching this TV station, do me a favor real quick. Please direct your mental imagery powers, or however the fuck you want to put it, at your television screen and think of the most delicious food ever. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's sushi. I don't care if it's filet. I don't care if it's steak. I don't care if it's Jamaican jerk chicken. I don't care if it's your boyfriend's asshole. So long as you feel that it's delicious, could be your mom's home cooking even. I don't know. Could be that too. 
I just went from one extreme to another very quickly. Whatever the thing is that is most delicious to you, look at your TV with purpose, with conviction, and imagine it. And that's how we're going to save the world today. And not a minute too soon, because Riley's done poking poop. She's like, yeah, that's good. That's a good poop. I'm good. Reality number two machine, or just number two, as we'll call him. Number two, he's got that glow around him, and he's focusing real hard, and he's like, like he's kind of, it sounds like he's pooping a little bit. And then what comes out of him? A little round brown candy. Very similar look to how Vegito looked when he got turned into candy by Majin Buu that one time. Remember that? Remember that time he was candy? Remember that? And then he fought him as candy, punched him in the mouth, but he was a candy. You remember that? I remember. And not a moment too soon because Raleigh's like, all right, let's uh, let's get back to business, man. We get this little brown thing and everyone's like, what the fuck? This is the most delicious food ever? Flash to Weiss's planet. Who's waking up from his nap in his hammock? Lord Beerus. He knows. He can sense it. Goku's charging up a big-ass Kamehameha. He's like, all right, yeah, time's time's 100 now. We're about to go, Raleigh. Let's go. Let's go, Kyo. And then, poof, Weiss and Beerus are there. Never have they traveled to Earth that quickly. But Beerus had to fucking get there because he knew it. The food was going to be there. He had to have it. Selfish-ass cat motherfucker. Masharito, he's not familiar with who Beerus is. Steps to Beerus and he says, hey, what's up, kitty cat? We're doing something. Can you please F off? I'm the star here this episode here. Get the hell out of my face. And that's when you find out Beerus can Hokai ghosts. Beerus should start his own fucking reality television show where he goes around haunted sites throughout America. I mean, Japan has haunted places too, I guess, but for my own edification, it'd have to be America. Beerus travels around to various haunted houses and hakai's the ghosts out of people's houses. But anyway, he's a big fan of the food. He's all like, yummy, yummy, yummy and shit. And Raleigh's like, wow, look at that big ass cat. What's up, kitty cat? You want to play? Beerus is like, this chick just disrespected me like that. Taps his toe. She goes flying. And then he's like, any of you motherfuckers who would interfere with me having this chocolate looking thing that just made me feel so good, y'all gonna die. And he goes to Hakai then. He's got the fucking Hakai energy at his fingertips. And then he's like, oh, please, we're leaving. But, sir. Get me back home, Weiss, now! And poof, they vanish so that way Beerus can go back to their planet and shit in the comfort of his own home. Something that I very much not only respect, but understand. Sometimes you just gotta poop most of the time. Almost all the time, you gotta poop in familiar surroundings. But... Here's Hercule Satan with the question we all had. You guys got a smarty pants explanation for that? Too many exotic cuisines from around the world mixed together causing a chemical reaction, perhaps? Is it possible the flavor was so intense not even a god's stomach could tolerate it? Hmm. Or maybe it's because nobody bothered to clean that machine after it just finished making a poop. <laughs> Again, the ongoing poop joke in this fucking episode, that's the real MVP. Goku, he's cool. Arale, yeah, that's great. Poop joke, whole show, I'm 29 years old. Poop jokes are still funny. That's more or less the end of the episode right there. Uh, Raleigh, uh, the effects of that tonic or whatever wear off and all's cool, all's good in the hood. Sambai got his hardware uh, and now it's time to go the fuck home. I'm, by hardware, I don't only mean his robot, I mean also his award. Um, so they go back to Penguin Village and they agree. Goku and Raleigh do. Hey, let's try to spar again sometime. Let's not wait another 30 years. A sentiment I completely agree with because when these two characters come together, magic happens. That shit was really funny. The reason I did the episode the way I did today was because even, again, the sub-dub comparisons, there's almost no point in my doing them right now. And I say right now, but I think I mean if I was doing sub-dub comparisons 20 years ago, that would have been much more fucking noteworthy. Funimation, you're doing an awesome job. This episode is the funniest Dragon Ball dub ever. I don't mean, um, I don't include like the uh, ironic funnies, like a, green, a big green dub, but 
seriously, this is a solid fucking product. So word up to Funimation. Uh, it's going to do it for Super Dope today. Uh, one more quick thing. Fathom Events is going to be doing some screenings local to Rhode Island on September 15th and September 17th. So September 15th, that's a Saturday. There is going to be a screening local to where we live uh, over in Swansea, Massachusetts, just over the line into southeastern Massachusetts. Um, so we're probably going to go see that on, on Saturday afternoon. Um, but then they're going to be doing screenings on Monday the 17th as well. And there's going to be three, one, two, motherfucking three local screenings to where close to where I live. Providence, Warwick, and Swansea. All three of those shows are going to be going on Monday, September 17th. So... It's a little early. I talked with a couple of the guys this morning. I talked with Martinelli. I talked with Brandon. Got to talk with a couple other people. But I we're going to work to put together a live podcast on the night of the 17th, that Monday night, following the, uh, the Broly screening. So whichever one you're at, the Providence, Warwick, Swansea one, I'll probably be at the Warwick one, I think, because, you know, event planning and shit. But I'm going to go see it on Saturday as well. But... That's the news here. We're going to try to plan a live podcast, a live episode of Dragon Ball Super Dope on September the 17th, Monday night. So if you're local to the Rhode Island area, you're in the Providence area, that's likely where we're going to be recording at a venue in Providence. Uh, more information to follow. But if you're a fan of the show and you're local to the area or like you're my friend, whatever, somebody who listens to the show on the regular that I talk with about Dragon Ball. We need you there, dude. We're going to do a live podcast. It's going to be fucking fun. Um, all right, that's it for Super Dope today. Make sure you please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Music. Learn about that one from one of our YouTube subscribers. That's right. Subscribe on YouTube. We are on YouTube. Uh, Digital Trip Games, Dustin. Dustin's been listening to the show for a bit, but once he found out we were on YouTube, that's that's pretty much where he's subscribing now. Um, he also told me we're on Google Play Music the other day. Uh, but he's awesome because he always gives us uh, a couple comments on, on YouTube, like whenever a new episode pops, about how we, uh, we, we've got the gold that's keeping his ear pussy wet. <laughs> Dustin I'm so fucking flattered that I keep your ear pussy wet dude for real it's gonna do it for super dope this week uh, we will be back next week before warned no new episode of Dragon Ball Heroes next weekend so uh, that will be July the 16th so next weekend there is no super Dragon Ball Hero which is good because you kids don't fucking deserve it given how much you fucking bitched about it. Understand it for what it is and just enjoy it. Super Saiyan 4 versus Super Saiyan Blue. What a fucking cock tease. Anyway. Also, the episode ended today because Beerus got the shits. So keep that in mind.